This is PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast. My name is Point Blank Yifumbi. Thank you oh so very much for taking the time to listen to this episode. Last week was very thrilling for me. I mean, I, I didn't cover it yesterday, but last week was very thrilling in the sense of how many people loved the interview episode. The very first interview episode of this podcast has had very fast rising numbers in regards to not only the content that was given forward by the interviewee, but just your reception of it and i cannot thank this lady enough lindsay dawn thank you very very much for taking the time to be with us on this podcast and even sharing your early stages of your journey i do hope to do some few more interviews in the coming days because there's some guys are making very important moves in entertainment and i feel they're crossing over that which was the big hump in the entertainment back and it actually is one of the reasons why today's episode is going the way it's supposed to and i'm actually glad about it but before we dive into that a few follow-ups on certain things there was a page I was painting that was literally just supposed to have tiles and bricks at the foreground and I finally finished getting those tiles out of the way. You have no idea how freeing it is to get that part of things done and I'm back to drawing branches and and, and grass and, and flower petals and I'm getting closer to finishing this thing and the enthusiasm and excitement that I have is really, really great because of late i've been meeting people and i've been discussing things with people who clearly have a lineup of plans in the future that are for the betterment of not just themselves but people who will come after us in regards to guys in their early 20s or guys who are currently in their mid-20s who are hoping to make an impact and success in the entertainment world and in the creator world and as most people have noticed lately, I've been saying this over and over again, they hate the, the use of this term, creative. I don't consider myself a creative, I'm a creator. And sometimes the word creative is used as, a, as an excuse to just be lazy by some of us. But hey, to each his own, as long as you make a contribution to the world with integrity, I have no problem with you. Speaking of which, the character that... I made as an illustration for this podcast episode is somebody who I didn't know much about him until uh, a documentary came out from Frontline, PBS's Frontline, that touched on his company and, dare I say, his empire. And it's a loose representation of Jeff Bezos. And Jeff Bezos is the CEO of Amazon. And Amazon, the thing about the guy is... By the time the episode was coming to an end, as far as that documentary series was concerned, uh, the doc- documentary episode, my apologies, when I was listening to it and watching it, I was trying to find things I hate about this guy, but I couldn't find them. I mean, it sucks that there has to be a lot of people who work in companies that end up not getting enough breaks and not getting enough leave days and all that. I I know how much that sucks because I know the feeling of pulling all-nighters to try to get work done in short turnover time. You want to know about short turnover time? Try deal with a person who works in an advertising agency. Or heck, if not dealing with them, date one of them. Just ask them what their day-to-day looks like and ask them about the internal workings that have a lot of, I hate this person, I like that person, and... Heck, go an extra mile and even ask them how it feels to have your boss look down on you and still need you to do something of power for them by bringing you down. That's just one form of work that exists in this country that makes me my few coins on the side, but I also have put my foot down where I don't have to do jobs that will cost me my sleep and my happiness and and my peace of mind because I already have a 9 to 5 and it's demanding as it is. We can't add more compounding problems into that. So... That's neither here nor there. So to come back to the idea of 
the Amazon company. If you get the chance, just go on Google and just type Amazon Empire. Hopefully, the link is on is still on YouTube unless Frontline, the official sub uh, channel, is shut down. But that's why I watched it. The dude told his partners in the initial stages of the company being made that we will run into a couple of losses. Accept these losses so we can actually have larger market control in time. The profits you wish to have will come thereafter. The first piece of commerce that they put on Amazon was books. So the first people to suffer, of course, were publishing companies. Because publishing companies, outside of being able to copyright the book and be the main distributor of your book, Amazon completely cut off the middleman and made it possible for you to just go direct to consumer, probably with a book that never really touched a publisher's desk. I mean, we heard that about, and if you haven't, you should really check out the story behind how Fifty Shades of Grey became successful. It's alleged that it was a PDF on Amazon, and the PDF got great sales, then it turned into a film, then it was officially published. See how that broken telephone system worked to the betterment of a person who's an independent publisher? It, it's, it's one of those particular kind of stories, and that's like, to most people that would be seen as a success story, but to others it may be seen as a big travesty that happened to a certain individual. And I looked at that, and... I got drawn back into this whole idea of we need to rethink industry and that which comes with it because I remember this line from um, The Dark Knight. I think it was The Dark Knight Rises or The Dark Knight. I mean, it was The Dark Knight, one of the Batman movies. Yes, I'm using a comic book analogy. Come on, it's me. And you will either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. And that line, as loosely as it was there, is an interesting line. However, the Jeff Bezos story, and probably this is what's going to be intrig intriguing enough for you guys to go read this guy's story. Here's what he said, and I'm paraphrasing, from a, a, a school newspaper when he was 13 years old. Jeff Bezos said, The earth is finite. If you know where I'm coming from with that particular line and why you see it would actually strike me so hard I'd be more curious about this character, bear with me, it gets more interesting. He grew up a fan of sci-fi. And I would like to actually make an episode one day where I talk about how fandom of certain things led to certain industries having successful figures. And as a sci-fi fan, he was a big Star Trek fan and all that, and the idea of Star Trek is kind of what probably drove him to come up with uh, something like uh, the device in the house that actually uh, helps you to speak to technology and having the information passed back to you. Alexa. Uh, sorry, it took me so long to actually find the word itself. The idea of Alexa was born from watching a sci-fi show. And Alexa has become a booming business and the data that he gets from that and the data that he also gets from the search engine as far as what you search for is how he gets to know what kind of materials to actually stock up on and make sure his business stays afloat. But the idea of the hero and villain and the villainy that is put and pegged to this individual, I think about it along the lines of, think about how many guys are masters of industry and how in many cases people will pick it and they'll fight these individuals further into their future once they become super billionaires and you'll have uh, tabloids trying to bring them down as far as scandal is concerned unless they get some form of uh, relationship with the individuals who control those particular companies and 
guys who want to be courted in regards to wealth. And I think about that and I think about even in different TV shows when you look at how certain figures in the stories are blackmailed into towing the line and obeying how certain industries would like their standards to be maintained. And for me, when I heard about this interesting part, and I know I'm giving too many spoilers, but some of this stuff is public knowledge for the fellows in the United States. Uh, Amazon as a company is anti-union. They don't like the idea of unionizing or people being under the banner of a union. And personally, in my case, as a guy who owned his own company, I, I kind of started getting scared because of how I could see things his way in regards to how some of the things I create are concerned. Because think of it this way, unionizing works to advantage of a lot of people as long as the job isn't a job that requires less manpower. That's vague and a big assumption, but just bear with this train of thought I'm on. I'll, I'll definitely change my mind as time goes by because I'm sure somebody will hear this and give me a proper clarification of this. But I have not seen in recent past or recent years where the unionizing of anything has worked to the advantage of the different fields I'm in. I've seen the advantage of collectives, but not unions. And by unionizing, in some cases, it makes certain blanket statements become uh, standards and quality standards and quality control of the services they're in. And in regards to something like Amazon, I get why they should have unions because the unions would actually help make sure that people don't work a certain number of hours and turnover is not turned into something completely messy. But here's another thing that I find is the double edge of that particular situation. Certain industries have individuals who would like to become um, guys who serve the industry, but some people take in more than they can chew and it ends up affecting quality control and the quality standards. Say for example, uh, the cab services that we have in the country and you have somebody come up with rates that are way too low and with these low rates you end up having individuals who have more vehicles in the service and those individuals are trying to make turnover so quickly because of how low the rates are and they can't really make their money back and as a result quality, quality control falls short because you start having drivers who are driving either high on substances to try to stay awake or they're so tired that they end up crashing because of the fatigue they're in and countermeasures in such but in such situations make sense and you could have unions in that case and when a company is making such massive turnovers as far as like a company like amazon um, and the way they build even more spaces for them to have storage for their the materials it it becomes an even more difficult way to see things the unions way in that they could have these different factories in different areas of the United States and maybe even in certain parts of the other parts of the world and have even more hired hands taking the jobs and with more hired hands some people actually have a degree of quality of life but then I can't really speak on that because I've never done a job that really required a union's presence and it's why I sometimes feel I should bite my tongue before I speak on certain things, but I'm trying to also see things from the point of view of the guy who runs the big company. And here's where I hate to put it this way, but it may be seen like I'm trying to romanticize the idea of Jeff Bezos. This guy, his company got so big that at some point he had different states in the United States of America 
pitch to have his company go set 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 up shop in their country in their in their part of the country. When you can make whole structures of power want to come kiss your ring in your private company, that's power in a different sense altogether. And I looked at that thing and I was actually mesmerized by how much power that potentially is. But then you'd have the state leadership who probably want to have their, 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 their wheels greased a little bit in order to make that come to pass. It was once mentioned in a certain uh, video clip of how certain foreign uh, individuals, when they come to do something in Kenya, they end up suffering because they're being told they should pay a certain kind of tax. And it's, it's basically how one hand, one, one hand greases the other type situation. And I think in every bureaucracy, there's a degree of that that still continues. That's why lobbying is still a fact. And I think in country, for example, we are lobbied by foreign governments and foreign uh, companies and foreign entities in order to actually have them set up shop and build their power base as far as the spectrum of influence and all that. And when I look at an individual like Bezos, another thing that actually shocked me was when I found out that in regards to... Um, the company itself, when it came up with its own uh, cloud for cloud storage of information, their biggest client was the CIA. And one of my favorite websites to actually watch stuff, Netflix, is also in storage in that particular drive by the Amazon company. And it's no surprise that this person's passions would actually lead him to want to be influential in any industry he was passionate about. He got into film, he got into television, he, he's all over the place, he's spread so thin because he's liquid enough to do so. And in, a, in, a, in my other podcast Afri, on Afripods 1513, I loosely mentioned how money just grants you the potential to do anything on a whim. And most of us can't really act on a whim because we don't have the resources therein to do so. And that's why I hate being low on cash. A good friend of mine told me never say you're broke because when you start saying it, it becomes like you're speaking it into reality. So I am never really broke. I'm actually never broke. I'm just low on cash at certain times. Because as it stands right now, if we're going to base it on upon how the calculations of the stock market are done and the calculations of um, potential wealth or stock ability of a company, I'm a multi-million company in existence as an individual. So I'm never really broke. I'm just low on cash. As it stands, there's more money out of my pocket that is owed to me than money I have in my pocket. And another cool part is the money that is owed to me is not lower than the money I owe to certain entities. I like keeping those kind of figures at par. If possible, I'd like the money I owe to completely disappear and the money that is owed to me to increase. That's what I keep on fighting for. That's the the tail wagging the dog, the dog wagging the tail type situation that, that I'm grappling with every day of the week and why I work extremely hard to try and make as much material and as much uh, work come to life. So when I look at an individual who took the time to even tell his partners, we have to accept that we're going to make losses in the jump, then we'll make money later. And then you see him make money later, get a scandal being brought upon him by, by the tabloids and all that. And you see towards the end of uh, the documentary, they speak on how him immersing so much wealth and immersing so much power had the people in political office want to tear him down because when something becomes too big it makes sense to make him the enemy but the weird part is 
he's no different than the Rockefeller company when they became oil rich and how he had to uh, dissolve the company into different entities. And weirdly enough, in that story, as if America doesn't learn, when they dissolved the different entities of the Rockefeller company for oil, he gained even more wealth thereafter through those different avenues that were made thereafter. To make a person like Amazon, like the company like Amazon, dissolve its influence and try and uh, make its data public, and we all know that the world of data is how things are controlled in this spectrum of the world that we live in right now, it's kind of difficult to see how to hate a person like that. And I know that comes off very, very weird, but it's because it's one of those things that I grapple with as an individual. I don't want to be a villain. I don't want to be villainous. I don't want to be evil. I don't want to destroy or make people be disenfranchised. These these are thoughts that are very far away from my actual realm of thinking because I know what it feels like to be looked down upon. I know what it feels like when you're being told you're nothing. I've, I've been in that place, but it doesn't make me want to be vengeful and it doesn't make me want to do the same thing to those who are not in a position that I'm in, for example. Also, that being said, I'm not going to let any person who comes from those particular circumstances also tell me where exactly I stand in regards to what I'm capable of and what my value is or how the world should value me. That delicate balance is what we keep on grappling with every day of the week and why some of us see ourselves as conquerors and some of us see ourselves as people who want to serve and play their part. People who want to serve who are truly respect have to say are soldiers. And I respect every troop walking God's green earth because you're literally just serving the purpose of a person before you who tells you what the rules are and then you told the line and accordance to the orders you've been passed for. Masters of industry are guys who try to determine their own fate and they try to change the tide even if they're moving to a current. I would like to be in a position of influence in regards to I don't have to really go talk to more than three people to get something done. I'd like to be in a position where I talk to one person, they tell me what they need, they give me the breakdown of how every single thing in that regard should go, and I literally fund them. Like, I'd like to get to a level where I could fund my favorite acts on on a whim. Like, a guy comes to me and tells me how much it costs to run their gig, and without really wanting any return on investment, I just put money in their pocket and tell them, go do the gig, do two rounds. What did you learn from those two rounds? the lessons you've learned from those two rounds how can you better those particular lessons and how could you go further from that i would love to get to a level where i can be the hidden hand in just helping people just fight a find, find a fighting chance out there pardon my rambling but it's it's something i'm really passionate about and i'm probably going to touch on it in the next episode as well but all in all i admire people who push themselves to master whichever industry they get into I worry for them when they get to the point where the lines become blurry. And hopefully in the next episode, I'll explain what those shaky feelings I have are. But for now, say it with me. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thank you for taking the time to listen to yet another episode of PBE Daily. Thank you for supporting this episode and every other episode prior. And until next time, Uno.